Hello, this is Geeks Unleashed, and this is our fifth and final episode of our fantastic four month during the month of May. I'm Mark. I'm Jasmine. Uh, each week, oh, month, man, wow! Like it doesn't. It feels like I don't know. This is fun. I enjoyed uh, this month. Yeah, no, it's been um, it's been a fantastic month. <laughs> well played. Uh, uh, each week on Geeks and Leaves, we bring you some geeky news as well as catch up on our pop culture lives and bring you a review of something adapted from the comic book or gaming world. However, this month we kind of cut away. Well, well, we may have chipped in here and there on some bits, but we tried to generally be Fantastic Four focused. So. Yeah. And if you are watching on YouTube, thank you so much. We appreciate that. We would love it if you would like this video and subscribe to our channel. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate that as well. We would also very much love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Um, lastly, as well, if you would like to donate any funds towards uh, the running of this show, please do so at our Ko-Fi. Um, and uh, yeah, there's nothing much more to say than that, but any, every little bit helps. So Yes. Uh, right, we'll jump straight into it, as we have been saying. So this is our fourth Fantastic Four movie, but fifth episode as we covered the documentary. Mm-hmm. Fantastic Four 2015 was written by Jeremy Slater and Simon Kimberg. It was directed by Josh Trank, and it's based, obviously, on characters created by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Yes, and this one stars Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan, Kate Mara, Jamie Bell, Toby Kebbell, Reggie Cathy, and Tim Blake Nelson. Um, so first appearance of the Fantastic Four was well the Fantastic Four issue one in November <laughs> in November 1961 uh, which was created by Stanley Jack Kirby um, for, first appearance of Victor Von Doom was only a couple of issues later in issue five which came out in July 1962 again created by Stanley Jack Kirby mm-hmm. so it's quite unusual to have uh, I mean back then everything was new and they generally were created in their own book, although Spider-Man was created in Amazing Fantasy issue 15. Mm-hmm. But their first issue was their first appearance. Yeah, you yeah, because so, usually you introduce new characters in someone else's book to kind of get yeah, the ball yeah. rolling before you give them their own book or to introduce their own book. So that was um, a gamble I just back read- then, I would assume. Yeah, yeah. I just realised you were meant to say that, but anyway. That's all uh, good. Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> apologies. Uh, right. Uh, right, okay. So this was released on the 4th of August, 2015. Uh, running time is 100 minutes. Uh, budget is 100. What was, I think it was around 130 million. We can narrow it down between 120, 150 million, but probably in the average of 130. Yeah. And it made 167.9 million at the box office, so barely <sighs> washed its face. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. This is yeah. yeah, that's that's way more of a flop uh than I remember it being. I mean, I remember this being panned when it first came out. Like it seemed like nobody really enjoyed this movie, but I didn't realize that if in fact the budget was all the way at the top at 155 and it only brought in 167, yeah, I can definitely see them being like, yeah, no, we're done. <laughs> we're done with this franchise. All right. Yeah. So we got a few fun facts because one of my favorite things about this month has been all of the drama that has like been surrounding this this series, these characters, these films from the very beginning. Um so this reboot was announced as early as 2009, which was uh, two years after Silver Surfer. Um, and then <laughs> I love these. I love the casting. Room. I don't know about you, but like just to imagine like what could have been. 
so like the early early casting rumors would have been a much older cast than what we got like they i mean i'm talking like adrian brody and jonathan reese myers were considered for reed richards and then <laughs> this one cracked me up and i don't know why because we had michael chiklis as uh ben in the last ones but like Kiefer sutherland as ben <laughs> I don't know. I just can't. I, I, I don't that know. Would have been, that would have been a weird. Yeah, take can you imagine yeah. from just from twenty? I don't know. Like I, I know Kiefer's done so much other stuff, but like in my mind, he is always like Jack Bauer from twenty four. Um. So after uh, Josh Trank signed on to direct, there was also talk of potentially Kit Harrington, Richard Madden, Jack O'Connell. All of them read for the role of Reed Richards, but eventually it went to Miles Teller. Um. Who else we got here? And, uh, oh yeah, so for Sue, <clears throat> the uh, Josh Trank's original version, he was looking at uh, Saoirse Ronan, Margot Robbie, or Emmy Rossum. They all read for the role, but Kate Mara ended up getting it. Um, and as far as Doom, we had Sam Riley, Eddie Redmayne, and Dom Hall Gleason, which uh, Dom Hall Gleason, I think, would have been a really good Doom. Uh, and Michael B. Jordan was always going to be Johnny Storm. There was never any kind of any no one else tested for that role it was always going to be him um so in in addition to the johnny storm bit like the drama that came <clears throat> from josh trank casting a black actor to play johnny storm was almost enough to make him quit the film um so his original vision included an all black storm family uh, but the studio was just like, nah, bro, <laughs> you cannot make Sue black. Uh, so that was that was a whole lot of like drama there in in the casting. So um, in this one, we did have a black Franklin Storm who was played by Reggie Cathy. Then we had Michael B. Jordan as his his actual biological son. And then Sue Storm was sort of like his adopted daughter. Um, whew. All right. Another one. Rise of the Silver Surfer was fairly drama free in in like the grand scheme of all all of the drama from the nineties. Uh, but like I said, Josh Trank was so like the, it was so contentious uh, once he got down to the nitty gritty that the director actually like disavowed this film from his repertoire. Like he he removed it from his profiles. Like. <laughs> <laughs> he basically tried to separate himself from this film because what he said was the the film that he made and the film that was released are not that like they're not the same like he argued with the studio so much that it was just like the final product was not anything like the vision that he had and so uh he was quoted as saying like he tweeted this and then immediately deleted it but you know god bless the internet because nothing ever disappears so he had said a year ago I had a fantastic vision of this and it would have been, and it would have received great reviews. You'll probably never see it. And that's really tough. And then of course, Fox was like, whatever, dude, you're being dramatic. Like it's fine, <laughs> which clearly it was not fine. And then uh, Toby Kebbell actually came to his defense and he was like, I'll tell you what, the honest truth is Trank did cut a great film and you're never going to see it. That's a shame. It was a much darker version and it's never going to see the light of day. Um, and then as far as like drama on the set itself, like I don't, it, I couldn't find what the specific drama was, but Kate Mara even 
came out and said at some point that she had a horrible experience on set and she uh, regretted not speaking up for herself. So I don't know, like, if the working conditions were rough or if she just didn't enjoy the people that she was working with. Uh, but even even she was like, no, this was this was awful. And in fact, there was so much drama that Stan Lee declined a cameo in this movie. He refused to do one. And some people are like, yeah, but, you know, 2015, Stan Lee was pretty old. No, he had cameos in 10 films after this film came out. He just told these guys, no. I'm out, I'm out. No, <laughs> which is hilarious because he was in the other two Fantastic Four films. Yeah, he was. And the, the last Fantastic Four movie that he made, uh, sorry, the previous one, The Silver Surfer, uh, I thought his cameo was one of the best ones I've seen where he's like, it's turned away from the wedding. They're like, no, right. you're not Stanley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I love the fact that he used his own name. So, yeah. Um, uh, actually, I wanted to add here because I, um, I guess uh, the, the three films we've covered before, the interpretations have been around the traditional, the original um, Fantastic Four, where they went, got in a shuttle, went to space. Right. Um, and they did they did different versions in the um, Jessica Alba Fantastic Four. They're on a space station. And, and in the unreleased movie, I think it's just a shuttle. Um, however, I haven't, well, I did read the first of issues but I'll be honest it was a long time ago why well, I, I haven't reread them for this episode but in 2004 I don't know if you've ever heard of the ultimate comics line of comics from Marvel Comics they created a new universe called ultimate comics have you ever heard of that I've heard of it I've never read any of it though okay so um around the early 2000s they gave a load of creators um a, a sort of you know a new universe to kind of reinterpret older characters but in a modern setting so this is what led to the eventual creation of miles morales he was created in the ultimate universe before he was moved across to the more normal mcu because uh, they, they've collapsed the ultimate universe a few years ago mm-hmm. and the only person well they actually only kept they kept two characters actually from well no sorry they kept a bunch of miles as supporting characters but they brought across two quite famous characters that's miles morales and they brought over Mr. Fantastic, who from the Ultimates Comics universe is now a villain called the Maker. Oh. Um, so uh, in the Ultimates universe, so the characters were kind of fairly faithful uh, adaptions of the original from the 60s by Jack Kirby and Stanley in terms of their abilities and their team and, and you know, all the sort of foundations that you have, you know, the backs building. However, they were reinvented more in their 20s and they didn't mm-hmm. go to space and it was a teleportation accident like this movie so i oh I interesting so i would imagine that this movie was much more of an interpretation of the ultimates fantastic four universe so the ultimates fantastic four comic book ran for 60 issues um there's a few other miniseries and stuff like that they appeared along um and in fact actually um it was that line of comic books which actually led to Marvel Zombies being created. Um, so there was a there was a storyline for about three issues in which they had a crossover with a well, crossover like where they sort of went to a parallel <clears> earth <throat> with hat which had all of the Marvel characters as zombies, mm-hmm. which actually turned into a, a huge big thing, as I'm sure you've heard of Marvel Zombies. So <laughs> so the Ultimates Fantastic Four line actually did lead. You know, to creation of some things we have now which i would say is more likely this film mm-hmm. as well as things like marvel zombies and so um 
the writers of the ultimate Fantastic Four line varied from Brian Michael Bendis, Mark Miller, Warren Ellis, Michael Kerry. Um, so there's quite some big names there. I'm sure we all know who Bendis and Mark Miller are. And um, yes, yeah. So I, I think I think that 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 line of comics is very much responsible for for this, this version. Model, model. Yeah, <clears throat> this, this version of the film. So. Okay, I actually, I mean, you know, like I guess we can get to it, but hmm. I I didn't mind the oh. origin here. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, we'll talk about it in a minute. So, right, the summary from IMDb. Four young outsiders teleport to an ultimate and dangerous universe which alters their physical form in shocking ways. The four must learn to harness their new abilities and work together to save Earth from a former friend <clears throat> enemy. So, That's on time. Yeah. <laughs> so thoughts, obviously, on the movie, like I say. So um, this is our fourth movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure we've, well, I've read comics. I know you haven't. I'm sure we've seen cartoons of them as well over the years. Yeah. But what, what's your version on this particular take? So it's a, it's a much darker, and like you say, the origin is different. What's your, what's your thoughts? So two, two things in this, in this particular film jump out at me. One, I like that we kind of get them younger. Like we mm-hmm. get to see them as kids. <clears throat> no, kids. Um, like I guess high school. Uh, or like early college perhaps yeah. uh so it was it was interesting to see them start at the very bottom versus them in all the other films it was like they were already established and um so it was nice to kind of i i mean i, I guess what i'm saying is like i appreciate it that they tried to give us an origin story of how these characters became who they were before they became the team they, that we know um but and the second thing I liked, uh, the way that the military treated them, I felt like that is far more accurate, so to speak, uh, of the way that the military, the American military, would actually treat someone that had some kind of ability like these these characters developed. Um, the fact that they are basically <clears throat> turned into weapons of war versus given like free reign and free money to experiment with all of these scientific things like i think it it is far more realistic that if the government found out about these people that had these kinds of powers the first thing the government would do is send them off to other countries as like as you know like as ringers uh so i thought that that was a really interesting take and i think it kind of gave the film this sort of heft that it didn't really need like I the, the whole military arc did feel heavy because like you you feel sorry for them especially for Ben just kind of being used as the guy that they send in when they need a whole bunch of people dead um mm-hmm. so I think it was dark in the sense that the military used these kids kids uh use these young people as uh weapons and I, I like I said I think that that is very indicative of what the American military would do to someone with with their abilities uh as far as like overall film, it was just kind of, it, it was like there wasn't enough time for you to actually develop any bonds with these characters. So it was really hard to be emotionally invested in what happened when when they did get hurt on that weird planet. Um, it just, I don't know, like I appreciated them trying to tell an origin story that was very different from the other films. Uh and I like the the tiny bit of like realism that they tried to put in here, but I just 
it was really hard to connect with these characters, unfortunately. And so like just kind of watching the film, it was just like, I'm I'm not really invested. Like, I know this is supposed to be like an emotional sequence, but like, I'm not really invested in what happens here. So I, at least for me, I found it hard to kind of get into the film. I feel like at this stage, when you get studios that reboot, 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 it just makes it kind of like, who cares? This is becoming yeah. indispensable now. You know, right. sorry, it's becoming dispensable now. It's it's you know, it, it's a case of you know when they talk about no one's you know everyone's replaceable. That's pretty much what they've done with this franchise. Everyone's replaceable. You know, yeah. universes are replaceable. And whilst I understand, whilst I don't particularly agree with what they did with the unreleased version, and I think it was probably unfair <clears throat> how they treated the actors, yeah, the writers and the directors of the unreleased version. Tell it, you know. Almost, it was very unkind thinking. Actually, this is going to be the next big thing. Yeah. And in fact, the point where they invested a lot of their own money because they thought they were going to be big names, I think that was very unfair. I understand why the studio did it because they were trying to keep the licensing, so that that way we got the last two films um, with you know the uh, the two films with Jessica Alba in and um, mm-hmm. Michael Chiklis with uh, and obviously the last one with the Silver Surfer. I think the studio should have no. Okay, this didn't maybe produce as much done as well as we would have liked right let's maybe retool it slightly and put out a third one because at least we've already got a fan we, you know they did have a fan base for yeah those, and those, those two, two films. films made money yeah they made money and they they did well and people liked them they also had characters that were likable and mm-hmm. you could get you know we're inve- and we were obviously starting to build investment between the two movies and then i think they were yeah they did the same thing with hellboy and they should have just stuck to their guns and put out a third film but no studios think they know best and <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong what do studios know i think don't get me wrong i think sometimes <laughs> you do have to ignore um the irrational fans out yeah. there because yeah. there are there are obviously an element of you know there's, there's a horrible corner of the internet which, oh yes uh, <laughs> yeah, just and, ask the star wars people <laughs> or, or just all the people that just need to let the restore the Snyderverse stuff go oh, and, um, don't don't. Uh, <laughs> don't get me wrong don't get me wrong I would like Zack Snyder to have finished what he started I yeah. always think it's annoying when somebody starts something and then can't finish a story but yeah. anyway to come back to this you know you've made investment in the last two films and I'll be honest I was annoyed nothing to do with casting nothing to do with any of that I was annoyed that I wanted to see the next film I really liked the Silver Server film I, I did like, I want to see that I want to see the next film like yeah. I was invested in those actors and Michael Chiklis for me at the time was huge I, I loved oh all yeah the shield. well I watched all of the sh- <laughs> I watched all of the shield I was a huge fan of her uh, sorry of him and Je- I was a huge fan of Jessica Alba from Dark Angel and she was big back then and <clears throat> and it was good actually at the time that they were taking quite big tv characters tv actors and actresses and putting them into things like this because it's like TV. I think I actually do love that. Actually, they see the medium of using TV actors and actresses and putting them into big films because it's mm-hmm. like they actually they've already got a TV following. You know, yeah. The thing about the Shield ran for like seven seasons, so there's a huge fan base there, and people will go watch stuff like this because of Michael Chiklis. Anyway, um, not not again. Nothing wrong with any of the actors that they used here. I think Michael B. Jordan is amazing. I've you know seen him in The Wire as a kid and. Mm-hmm other mediums as well obviously um he hadn't been in black panther yet yeah. um another mara, guy that got a second chance from marvel <laughs> yeah yeah indeed yeah and kate mara i've seen her here and there i can't remember the other two to be honest um if i've seen them around i'm sure i have miles but, teller 
Um, I've seen, I'm sure I've seen them. But I just Top can't Gun think. Maverick. Oh no 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 no! Before oh, before, before this that, before that before that before oh yeah no obviously I know about Top Gun Maverick. Uh, I'm talking about, okay, talking about before, I see before before then. Yeah, I'm trying to say about before. Jamie then. Jamie like, Bell was a British. What was he? A stage actor because he had done Billy. Oh, Billy Elliot. Yes, Billy Elliot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I have familiarity with these actors and uh, actresses before then. Uh, I, and I, look, I think the film itself, when, it, when I rewatched it, I thought, actually, this is not a bad film. Well, I'm going to say this is not a bad film. Like, uh, as, uh, on its side, it's not a bad film. I did enjoy watching it on the rewatch. When I watched it originally, I think I was still annoyed. But rewatching it, I was like, no, actually, it's not a bad film. They've done well. I think their adaption of the ultimate version of the Fantastic Four, they've done well. I think they handled, you know, maybe a much more serious, grounded version well. I thought they're... they're, they're uh, before Doctor Doom becomes Doctor Doom, I actually did like the human side. I liked the fact that he was kind of part of the team. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that they didn't get to go back and save him. Had they have gone back sooner, potentially could have stopped that villain from happening. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't particularly invested in him as a villain, though, when he came back around. Yeah. That wasn't, there was no build-up. There was no real build-up to that. They just went back and suddenly, okay, we've got a villain now. Yeah. Uh, and he's pissed off because he's been left in this horrible world for a year, which I kind of get that. Like, I'd be pissed yeah. off, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily end the world, but I would be fairly angry if my friends just left me for a year. So yeah. I wasn't invested in him. And I guess it comes back to I wasn't particularly invested in any of this version. And I guess it makes me anxious about the next version. Version. I just hope the people at Marvel give us something that we can get behind. Yeah, so, uh, but, they need to give us enough to sink our teeth into. I yeah, think this yeah. one, this one, it I can appreciate the effort, but like it just the execution on this one was not very great. No, not at all. So, I, in summary, I enjoyed this movie. I liked what they did with it, um, but I probably would say I didn't care about it or right. for it. So right. um, as a standalone, if we had not had the previous, I think it's fine. Like, yeah. Um, and actually, do you know what? Like, I know people kicked off about Michael Jordan being black, but like, you know, Jessica Alba wasn't white. Like, right, and exactly. So, exactly. Um, like, they just went the other way this time around. And um, so, I mean, explain to me how you had Jessica Alba that was clearly mixed race and uh, Johnny Storm that was clearly white. I know they didn't show the parents in the previous two movies. Yeah. But was, there, was there some some other similar... Uh, something similar, you know, in terms of adoption or listen, you know how the fanboys get. Or, you know how the like, fanboys get. They that Jessica Alba was fine because they just put her in a blonde wig and gave her yeah. blue contacts, so it was like she could pass for maybe they, a maybe white they lady. Should have, maybe they should have done that with Michael B. Jordan. Given oh yeah, wig sure. And some, and some blue contacts, and they would have been fine. <laughs> I know I would have noticed. <laughs> like, <they> were, oh <laughs> man. Like, uh, but you know what though? I thought Michael B. Jordan. Well, actually, let's talk about characters now. So we got four okay. main characters plus um Kate Mara's father, um, and the army dude whose name I can't remember, but he obviously quite regularly uh yeah. keeps his face around, and obviously Victor Von Doom. Now <sighs> characterization, <laughs> I would say was fairly minimal other than Reed Richards and Ben Grimm. I think you know, getting to see those two as yeah. children. Uh, and I thought that was cool to see them meet at, at, at uh, Ben Grimm's um, scrapyard place and mm-hmm. clearly doesn't have a great family life. I thought, uh, obviously not nice, but I thought it was good to see a little bit more context around them and their sort of buddy relationship that came about. Because uh, obviously he was a, previously a, a you know a pilot, um, mm-hmm. but this time around <clears throat> he doesn't need to be a pilot, so they found a different way of incorporating that friendship. I kind of liked what we saw there. 
Um, and I liked how he was like, because Ben had helped him so much in the early stages, why he mm. wanted to include Ben when they eventually were able to travel to the other dimension. Yeah. Um, and I, I bought actually um, Johnny and Kate's father actually was really nice and caring. I liked yeah. that he cared about the children, which clearly he would do as a father. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like, do, do you have a favorite at all? I, or... Um. So, yes, I did. But to your point with uh, Reed and Ben, I am the complete opposite of you. I hated that they didn't give Ben any actual purpose. Like, he was he was literally just the tag along. Mm-hmm. He, oh, no, I agree with that. I do like, agree with that. He, but... they, he wasn't scientific. He didn't have the military background. Like, it was just like, I mean, I, I think that they tried to incorporate his military background when they turned him into a weapon. But mm-hmm. that's not like... I don't know that just to me I did not understand why Ben was there because like he wasn't a scientific mind like why why would you call your best friend even if your best friend helped you with science experiments when you were a kid like if you're going to another dimension why on earth would you reach out to anybody that was of no scientific help to the mission I that made no sense to me whatsoever I think um, him just calling her him was just more like because he helped in the beginning, but it didn't. Yeah. For me, it would have been more like they would have, you know, they would have got Kate, Kate of our yeah, Sue Storm would have been <clears> in, that, <throat> in that room. Yeah. So, so I, I, I did not like that they stripped Ben of his actual purpose. Like, like he, he'd always been, I mean, yes, he had always been the muscle, but like he was the, the muscle pilot. long before he turned into the thing. Um, yeah. So to to not have the backstory before he becomes the thing and then to just like build his story once he he gets hit with the radiation or whatever, I I didn't I didn't I just didn't like the way they treated Ben. And I say that because like in the previous two films, Ben was my favorite. Um, so it it was upsetting to me that this is the Ben that we got. And I love Jamie Bell, but I didn't understand why they cast Jamie Bell to be the thing. That's a whole other thing. OK, so my favorite character, though, this time around, my favorite character was Sue because she was awkward like socially awkward but she was like very driven and very intelligent and so they uh, to me they took away the sex appeal that they had put on jessica alba and they just let this sue storm be the brains of the operation um so i really liked that we got the nerdy sue storm in this one so I, i liked what they did with with her character this time around that's really weird because that was like that's she's my favorite character of this movie. Yeah, um, I actually I loved like you say how so, sort of silent but deadly in a way. Mm-hmm. So very silent, very thoughtful, um, clearly super intelligent. And, yeah. Um, but I love the it's almost like the kind of respect for humanity. Like you know she's sort of well, there was a line in there like they, I won't let them use me as a tool. Yeah. And um or a weapon. I can't remember the exact line, but I remember that was when Johnny came to her and when she's doing practicing using her power, she's like, I won't let them use me. Yeah. Uh so I thought that was good. And um I, I just love her just dynamic really. And I thought I, I just thought well I, I think Kate Mara's a good actress anyway. Yeah. Um well she's a really strong actress. But I think the character this version of Sue I really appealed to me. And it wasn't so like in the previous two films, it was like, how often can we get Jessica Alba's clothes off? Right. And um, uh, uh, which I just thought was a bit ridiculous. I know you're trying to emphasize the fact that her powers are invisibility, but you know, but we can do it without her being naked. Honestly. Yeah, and and, yeah. and actually, they emphasized her. And I love I love the training sequence where 
uh, Kate Amara is practicing using her invisibility on herself and, you know, using it as shields and making mm. other things invisible. And she's in quite a sort of a military type suit. And that just a thought to me is how cool would invisibility be if it was used that way? And yeah. like you say, you didn't have to take her clothes off. And I like the fact that they 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 created clo- uh, clothing for all of them, which adapted to uh, their abilities, which I know they do have that in, in the previous versions yeah. and also the comics <clears throat> and stuff like that. But um, no, yeah, no, Sue for me was definitely my favourite. Um, I probably would say a second is have their father as well. Yeah, I, I loved Franklin in this one, Franklin Storm. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> I think I think those two um were definitely my favorite favorites. Yeah. But she, she was my first and then him my second. So yeah. um right, obviously we talk about the structure of the movie. Um uh <laughs> <laughs> so I actually think for what it is, they actually did it well. They the, the yeah. structure was there, they had a it, it fairly linear structure there's no real flashbacks or there was well there was no flashbacks or anything like that it's fairly linear and but it reminded me a little bit of the unreleased version um and again yeah. i think we said this about the other uh, sort of the jessica alba fantastic four that reminded me very much of the unreleased version but this as well where they did the flashback of um ben and reed as children i was like mm-hmm. oh the unreleased version did uh something similar not not as children but well it had uh, johnny and sue as children yeah johnny and <laughs> sue as children they yeah. showed them as children but i thought it's weird that this time around we get to see uh reed and ben as children yeah. and yeah i thought that was kind of kind of a, a nice little nod in the sense to the unreleased version or maybe, probably not deliberate hold a show <laughs> but but yeah, so I guess you're never going to get away from being similar to previous incarnations of the Fantastic Four. But... Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> I think there's no choice, right? Like you're 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 making your interpretation of existing characters. So there's mm. always going to be some similarities because you're essentially telling the same story because the characters are the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you have any favorite scenes or? or moments that you wanted to shout out about throughout this? Um, I did. So like the the way that you liked <clears throat> young Ben and young Reed, I, I like them too. So that the science fair scene where oh, yeah, yeah. they're older, I, it's like they're in high school um, and they get approached by Franklin and Sue. Mm-hmm. Um, and just that, that whole sequence of this kid has been working on this machine for so long and finally someone has like recognized that this is an actual breakthrough. So I just, I, I, I think I like was able to relate to Reed because I was that nerdy kid when I was in school. So like, I was always the one that was at the top of the class in science. Um, so I, did you, I ever, did you ever make teleportation devices? I did not. No, <laughs> I ne- never, never made teleportation devices. No, but I was obsessed with space. So most of my projects did involve outer space and, and those kinds of elements. <laughs> but I was never as cool as Reed to build some shit in the garage, <laughs> like teleports in different dimensions. Um, but I just, I really enjoyed that part of it. So like, like you, I it, I did enjoy seeing them younger. I thought that was really nice to see. Um, so that whole sequence where it's like, ah, this is what kicks it off. This is finally when someone like discovers that talent and then just plucks you out of the you know the boonies and then brings you up to uh, a different status. So I I, I like the science experiment sequence. Yeah, I thought that was a good. I liked that sequence actually. I love the fact that they're like you're going to pay for the board. <clears throat> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i do you know i actually one of i know i know 
it was a bit cheese, but at the end, when they're all four of them are together and they're all chatting about the different names for the team and mm-hmm. then all joking around with each other, and it kind of ends where they're about to say the Fantastic Four, and obviously yeah. you don't you don't get that moment, but it yeah. was very, but it was very. They did it obviously in Avengers so many times, but I just loved how now the four of them were together because they'd had this very much was the true origin film, but to see the yeah. the, the, the four of them finally now on the same page, the yes. government have kind of stepped back, and I just love the banter between them all about the the different names, and I thought yeah. that was funny. It just, I mean, they do it so many times in different things. You know, obviously we had it in um, Shazam, and yes, um, yeah, that kind of thing. But I, I love seeing that. Um, I, again, I, I love seeing the the montage actually of them with their their superpowers like the mm-hmm. training sequence as well um one of the sweet uh, sweet moments i really liked was seeing reed and sue sort of having a bit of a early romantic geeky mm-hmm. conversation i thought and victor jumped in because he was jealous and yeah tried to, t- tried to tell him off and uh because clearly there's this competition for love and also romance, uh, also uh, intelligence-wise as well. Yeah. So uh, there's, there's some nice moments throughout. I, like I say, I, I can't fault the film on its own. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a fine film on its own. I don't think I really would have changed anything really about it. I think they did well well with what they had. Yeah. I'd love to I see think this they could have done something different with, with Victor. It yeah, just... yeah, that's probably the one area. Yeah, he was so just truncated like we we get and i i love toby kebbell like he is my absolute favorite part of rock and roller uh (laughs) love that movie um but like i just feel like he was wasted like i think what they should have done was actually sorry now i'm thinking it through if there was a change they could have made was that victor von doom gets back on the pod with them Mm -hmm. and maybe he's the one maybe he's the one they experiment on maybe the others managed to escape or something like that Maybe the other four get out of there. Kate, Ben, you know, Reed, the Fantastic Four get out of there. And maybe he, the you know, the US government or something like that have experimented on him, got him to, I don't, I don't know, there's something, something, they could have shown a little bit more of them all coming back and had Victor be more of a presence and to see yeah. something come out of it. Or maybe he, you know, I think either way, he should have come back with them and they could have done more to show yeah maybe even he becomes part of this team but actually he's actually enjoying having these powers and maybe yeah. he, you know they're <clears throat> almost like a bit of a fantastic five element you know like maybe they could have had them together mm-hmm. uh, and and actually he's like no actually these are powers are pretty cool one yeah you screw know, you, you guys sit, i'm gonna go yeah, off yeah. on my own yeah yeah and to that, i think it would have been better to have seen how that bond had before they when they met when they're doing the experiment and then yeah. him come back that would have been better to me rather than just going back to this other world. They could have done that other world in a in a potential sequel, you know, where we could have yeah. had like a Annihilus or, um, you know, some, something like that, some other uh, quantum realm of sorts. So, uh, yeah, like... yeah. I just like I can I get the whole leaving him behind because you know he fell off the cliff, but it just you leave him behind, <clears throat> and then when you send another team back. We, as the audience, have no idea what happened. So for him to come back, so, like, he was just too overpowered. That was the problem. Like, we have no idea how he went from the stoic, smart guy to this world-ending villain. Like, that. I mean, it's just, like, a massive gap in his story. And it's just, like, I don't buy it. Like, how 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 could I buy it? You know, how how can I buy into this villain that we didn't get to see become 
created. Like we saw him fall off the cliff and fall into the green, whatever. Um, obviously, you know, we can assume that he's not dead, but like there's just there's not enough story to, for us to get from him falling off the cliff to him wanting to end Earth. You know what I mean? Like it just like he comes back and it's just like this super overpowered villain. It's like this is like a really bad anime arc all of a sudden. Like I don't, I don't know what's happening here. How did they? How did he eat for the last twelve months? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like all kinds of stuff. Like I don't know. I just I especially because I really enjoyed the way that we got an actual villain in Victor in the previous two films, and Julie mm-hmm. McMahon played a really good Doom. I thought. Um, so for us to have had a really good doom and then to get this, it was just like, I, it, this, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Like, I, I don't know. I think that's probably the the weakest part of this film is you guys had no connection for the audience to get from the leader of the team to doom the way that we did. And it was, it was essentially just like, Okay, we're taking the leader. We're gonna we're gonna capture the leader, and the next time you see him, you're not even gonna recognize him. And it's like, how did we? I, how am I supposed to connect <laughs> to this guy? Because like, I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah, and like you say, sometimes when they're too overpowered as well, it just is. They've gone from being really grounded, right, to being really, right, really like um, Thanos. Yes, in one, in, in yeah. one movie. Like if they were gonna make him that powerful, you kind of almost need to bring him back, back later on. Yeah, like in another movie or something. Yes, exactly. So, like that could have been uh, the the ending sequence, like right before the credits or like a, a post credit or something. Like, if you were going to have him that overpowered, then we needed an actual reason other than you guys left me behind. Like, we needed an actual mm-hmm. reason for him to be as angry as he was. Being left yeah, behind think, is not yeah, a like big so. enough reason. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think yeah. Now, now we've talked it through. I'm thinking there's several ways they could have done bringing him back at, at the time they brought them all back, and then seeing right. more development of his evil, or you leave him there and then you kind of write him off the rest of the movie. Yes. How, however, you have something maybe in the background building up, like another villain yeah. building up that when they come back, the military kind of action these four and send them off, um, and then maybe by the end of the movie, the four of them are like, "No, come on, look, guys." We're, we're, we're not going to be your weapons anymore and they yeah. start start their own fantastic four thing and then maybe a mid-end cre- credit sequence where you see him still alive on this other dimension mm-hmm. like and you know you could almost if they were gonna be smart about it have a trilogy you just don't bring even dr doom back in the sequel you bring him back in the third film and yeah kind of kind of it you end with the second one with him trying to get back or yeah or it could have been like the military goes to the planet and they realize that victor is still alive but they don't get him and so then that's when the Fantastic Four team is like, yo, Victor's still alive. Like, we got to ditch the military and we got to figure out a way to go back and get our guy. And then they go back and get him. And then he's all messed up in the head when they when they get him. And then that could be the sequel. It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just the, the, the way that they handled Doom in this film was really just it was bad. Uh, so, yeah, the origin story, I don't mind. Uh, I, I did have some issues with them stripping Ben of his purpose, but uh yeah, the way that they handled Doom was just, it's just a mess. Yeah, so I think we were in agreement that, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that, that is, yeah. I think, I think the main, the main hero cast, they handled well, um, but in terms of uh, anything else. 
yeah it, yeah it, it's not been yeah the villain side of things was probably weak yeah so. that's and and i i say it all the time on the podcast but i am usually a fan of the villains like i i root for the villains because i'm that person <laughs> so like <laughs> whenever we have a film and the villain is really weak it just kind of takes me out of it because it's just like there's no there's no real there's nothing pushing the film forward if the foil is too weak for the heroes you know so there's four fantastic four movies what would you rate them from worst to last well i'd rate the documentary above all of them um even though that doesn't count but that, <laughs> that was that was definitely of this month that was my favorite the documentary by far yeah um yeah so that said best to worst i'm going silver surfer as best mm-hmm. and i mean it seems unfair but obviously the unreleased is going to be the worst right like yeah yeah, yeah i know it um, is a bit unfair but yeah so silver surfer the 2005 film, the 2015 film, and then the unreleased film. That's my order. Oh, yeah. So I agree. Silver Surfer, that's my favorite. Um, I would say, actually, this one. So the first, sorry, yeah, the first two, the, the, the Silver Surfer one, and then the for my second spot, the, mm. the first movie of that. I'm going to put the unreleased version third. Uh, and then this one fourth. Oh, wow. So this actually, one. Actually, I do worst. like this version. Yeah. But I actually. But by actually the reason for pushing the unreleased version up is actually just sort of the impact it's had on this franchise. Yeah. And, and you know, even to the creation of the Doom, even the Doom documentary and everything like that. Um, and yeah, I just I think it's kind of a bit of a phenomenon, this movie, in a sense of mm-hmm. <clears throat> even now we're still talking about that movie. Right. So, um it came out in so, 2015, same same right. time as this one. So the documentary did. Right. Next up um, in the Fantastic Four world is going to be actually in the MCU proper. And right. that's going to be released apparently at the moment on the 14th of February, 2025. I don't buy uh, it. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure if I see uh, that happening. Uh, no, uh, no, not uh, February. Absolutely not. That is going to get pushed to November 2025, just like the Marvels did. Yeah, so, right, okay, so apparently Matt Shackman has signed on to direct. Um, okay. But, yeah, so... Get to um, the good part, get to the good part. Who's rumoured to play Reed? Uh, so early script, uh, <laughs> early script by Joss Fr- Fr- Friedman. Um, there's been a lot of talk around John Skrzynski, <laughs> as playing Reed, who did show a brief cameo yes, in Doctor in, Strange 2, yeah. which was clearly fan-driven. And yes. I have to say, good on you, Marvel, for actually doing that, yes. even if even if we don't get him as... The fans <laughs> have been pushing for him and Emily for a very long time yeah, to be yeah, yeah. Reed and Sue. Oh, yeah, I know they have. Really. Yeah, they have, yeah. So, um, however, I think Adam, <laughs> Adam Driver is... Uh, He's in the he's in the lead right now to play yeah, Reed Richards. Yeah, yeah, he's in the re, in the lead. Kylo Ren playing Reed Richards. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? But I, I'm Disney not sure. Doesn't branch out apparently. They just keep reusing their same people. But they're like, oh yeah, remember that Star Wars guy? Yeah, let's just go ahead and put him in the MCU too. But a lot of people do that though, don't they? Like Netflix tend to use a lot of the same actors. The CW yeah. tends to use a lot. Oh of my same god, actors. the CW well, is like the CW almost like has their pool of people, and they never ever ever pick anyone else. 
they pick they have that same 40 actors that they just yes, exactly they just like, recycle them however, <laughs> however that was old that was old cw new cw may not may not even exist the amount of shows it's cutting but anyway oh, yeah uh, so uh i don't know if there's really much in the way of other casting news but I think we'll have to see what happens. I mean, Mar- I've seen Margot Robbie's name touted for Sue Storm, which again is weird considering that you said she was in for the previous version. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, uh, that means they just keep coming back to her. But if you're gonna if you're gonna cast someone like Adam Driver, you're gonna have to cast someone else that's equally as big to play yeah. Sue. You can't just have a nobody as Sue. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh. On the uh, some there are some names for the Human Torch. Austin Butler is one of them. Oh God, the Elvis kid! <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, Hopefully, he drops the damn him. Elvis accent. <laughs> <laughs> He's so into himself, honestly. Oh, oh my God! So... I mean, in that case, he's Which perfect to play he... Human Torch. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's somebody true. that's super uh, into this. It's weird because he's he started as on a C- on the CW actually. So uh, it's good to see he's moved away from there. Um, I- I'm not sure. Like for for the thing, James Corden. Oh God, <laughs> that's a joke. That that's, a joke. <laughs> that's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> um, however, I've seen a lot of I've seen a lot of talk around villains, and and I do remember seeing a couple of weeks ago a rumor about Galactus apparently being the the villain of the first movie. It makes that sense. Be, well, no, no, not for the first movie. They should build up to Galactus. I don't want Galactus oh. in the first first movie. Well, I, I think Galactus. they're probably thinking of it in terms of the overall MCU, like. We've we've had mentions of Galactus for quite a few films now. So in the MCU, it would make sense to introduce him at this point. We're what thirty films in, uh, but like yeah, in the Fantastic Four, if this is your first, their first ride in the MCU, then maybe not put again such an overpowered villain in in the first one. Yeah, I wouldn't want Galactus to be in the first movie. Like no, so. yeah, because you can't get rid of him. Like he's he's too big of a a threat. I think. I honestly, I don't know what's going on at the moment with Kang and everything, but I definitely feel that those Kang Kang Avengers movies need to have the Fantastic Four on them. They're so, going to have to. I mean, maybe yeah. if they, well, when are we supposed to get an Avengers? Isn't, is it before 2005? I mean, uh, 25? Uh, I can't remember now. I but can't, anyway. Uh, yeah, me neither. So anyway, this, this movie that we've just been discussing, what would you rate it out of five? Ooh. I mean, I don't want to be too mean, but like, I kind of want to just give it a two. So a lot of the film was standalone. I don't know. But I feel like you can't think of it as a standalone. I don't know. Because, do you know, I actually think it's a solid hero cast, but it's the villain really lets it down. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go two and a half. Okay. So you're two, I'm two and a half. Okay. <laughs> Right, so we're bringing the Fantastic Four month to an end. Uh, during June, we we uh, have no theme. However, our no. first two weeks, our first first two weeks are going to focus on uh, animated adaption. Miles Morales. So so excited. First week of June, we will be reviewing Spider Man into the Spider Verse, and you can guess what will happen in the following week. So yes, <laughs> during, during the month of June, just to have a bit of a heads up. We will be covering Sweet Tooth season two and the Flash mm-hmm. movie, and our book club may potentially be returning too. So, dun, dun, dun. Um, but we'll let you know more about that later. Yes. So, uh, you can follow us on social media. We are Geeks Unleashed everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast google podbean apple spotify we are everywhere so please leave us a five-star review and tell your geeky friends thank you very much for listening we appreciate it and hope you've enjoyed this month please let us know wherever you follow us just what you thought of what we've been covering this month yeah let us know if you enjoyed any of the fantastic four franchise as well so hit what, us up. what would you what, what would you rate them the fantastic I mean, I mean, uh, no no i mean like cut the people listening oh yes, know what you'd rate. yes. Like, give us your order yes okay. tell us if we're out of line like if if you think that our ratings are too low or too yeah. high in some cases <laughs> If you thought the unreleased version was the best of them all, we'd yes. love to know. Definitely. Please hit us up if you thought that. <laughs> anyway, have a good week, everyone. Good journey. Good journey.